You're listening to another episode of Simperitz Radio, episode number 173. And today we're talking about how your hormones are affecting your emotions and vice versa. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Schirm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Schirm. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find a more joy. Today, we're going for it. We're, we're talking about how our hormones are impacting our emotions and vice versa, how our emotions are impacting our hormones. I mean, this is a big topic, but we're going to just keep it at the surface level because I think it's actually pretty simplistic when we dive in. Hormones are a big topic. They're overwhelming and complicated, but they do not need to be that way. Our hormones are fascinating and intricate and detailed enough to take care of themselves if we just create the space for them to do that. So today I'm going to be answering the questions about how your hormones are impacting your emotions and how your emotions are impacting your hormones and what to do about it. Like how can we use our hormones to regulate our emotions and vice versa? So we're going to talk about this. It's not going to be an overly long show because I know these extra shows in the week are just bonus shows for you to use and hopefully benefit from. Like I said, I want to break this down in a really simplistic way so that you can just grasp it and run with it. That's my goal is that you don't just take this information in any of these shows, but that you start to put it into practice and then I can help give you the steps to do that. So thank you so much for listening in. We're coming to the end of this mindset series. It has been so fun and I've learned so much. I've gone through this journey with you. I'm still learning, but I'm so excited for what lies ahead and how we can use this to really change our health. Like it's not another diet. It's not another system, but it's a piece of us just becoming our whole selves. So if you want to learn more about this entire series, like if this is your first time here, welcome. We're so glad you're here. If you haven't been following along, make sure you go to the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 173, where I'm going to give you more information on healing your hormones over there, as well as a one day reset to reset those hormones. That's absolutely free. So make sure you head to the show notes, simperitswellness.com backslash 173. Sign up for that one day reset and just learn more about healing your hormones using your emotions over in the show notes. You can also find out more about the other podcasts in the series over there. For now, though, let's get right to the show and dive into how are our hormones affecting our emotions. Like I said, this is kind of like a a hard topic because it goes both ways. Like our hormones can impact our emotions. Think of uh, the menstrual time when PMS symptoms arise, right? Women tend to be more moody and overwhelmed. But likewise, men, we see this as aging happens and their testosterone levels drop, or maybe there's this imbalance in testosterone early on. And that's one of the leading causes of depression in men is just an imbalance in hormones. So we know that hormones are greatly affecting our mood. Another way to prove this is postpartum, right? Women who have just had a baby um, are in that postpartum state, and postpartum depression is a very real thing. In fact, they estimate that one in 10 women have a severe form of postpartum depression, and upwards of one in two will suffer from some kind of mild form. 
Now, if you've ever had a baby, then you know that the emotions are real. Regardless of how depressed you are afterwards, there's a period of time that it takes for your body to re-regulate, to get back to a norm. And in that period of time, your emotions can be all over the board, right? I never experienced emotional swings in any other time in my life like I did after birthing my children, all three of them. I mean, crazy mood swings all the time. And this is just hormonally speaking. This is your body trying to re-regulate your hormones. But also in this time, it's a protective mechanism for not only you, but often your baby as well. I know it doesn't seem that way, but it is these protective mother instincts coming out. Now, we have to be careful with this because our hormones also can be affected by our mood. So our emotions are greatly impacting our hormones. And in adulthood, I would say that this chronic stress level or this uh, chronic emotional upheaval that we face as adults is also one of the leading causes of hormonal imbalance in men and in women. So we're seeing this on both sides of the spectrum. And I think that you need to understand which side are you coming in with. And unfortunately, once you start on one side, often the other side perpetrates the other, right? So like if it's your hormones causing your emotional problem, then those emotions are going to make it harder to get out of the hormonal problem. And likewise, the other way, if your emotions are causing the hormonal problem, your hormones then can make your emotional problem last longer. So where does the vicious cycle end, right? I think we first have to go back and clarify how our hormones work and what the purpose of them is. I think a lot of times we just get so worked up that our hormones are just for sexual purposes, right? For fertility, uh, for increasing arousal, but our hormones are actually so much more than that. Yes, we have our sexual hormones, but we also have our neurotransmitters. We have our thyroid hormones. We have our enzymes. We have our hormones controlling things like our, our breathing and our heart rate and all of these other functions that we are not even aware of in any given day. Our hormones are simply the communication network of the body. They're not specifically going in and serving a role, but they're telling our body what job needs to be done and when it needs to be done. So it's simply these hormones are going back and forth in our bloodstream and our brain and just signaling to the body what is happening in other parts of our body. So for instance, when our body is in a stress state, right, when we have a stress response or we have negative emotions floating through our mind, we automatically start releasing cortisol. This is in response to the environmental trigger that stress is in our environment. And when we start releasing cortisol, this is our survival hormone. That changes the flow of all other hormones. It says, hey, wait a minute, the body's not in a safe space. So instead of just doing the normal functions of repair, of providing energy, we need to conserve because we don't know when we're going to need that energy for this threat that has been proposed on the body. So instead, it starts to go into this conserve mode where we start storing and hoarding things and we stop restoring because we start saving all of this energy in case that we need it, like, for instance, to get away from a bear or a robber or something like that, right? Rarely are we actually using that energy that our body is saving. Instead, we just start storing it. But you can start to see that this cascade or this flow of hormones, like I wish that we were in person and I could write this all on the board. But this flow of hormones is either going to come from your rest, rested, your parasympathetic state, which is your rest and digest, or your sympathetic state. 
and both mechanisms change how the body is communicating. So if we go back to the hormones, they're just a communication network of the body. They're signaling what is happening in our environment and inside of our body, and it's signaling to different parts of the body what to do. So like I said, hormones in general are not actually doing the work. They're just communicating what work needs to be done. And so when we start to see this and we start to process this, then we can start to see that our emotions are causing a different signal to happen inside the body, which is causing a different hormonal cascade. But on the other side, there are things that are influencing our hormones outside of our emotions, like the food we eat and the chemicals that we're exposed to and the trauma that's been caused on our body or different seasons of life of the actual earth, you know, spring, summer, fall, winter, or different seasons of life like pregnancy and birth um, and even different seasons of our cycle. So we have to be aware that there are changes that are happening naturally inside of our body and there are also changes to our hormones that are happening outside of our emotions. And I always think that when it's an emotional problem, like when our emotions are out of whack, it's like the game of telephone, right? So one hormone tries to signal to another one, but they're just mixing the signal up. It's like if I were to tell my five-year-old daughter a saying and I wanted her to tell it through my other two children and my husband to finally tell me back what I told them to begin with, it would be something completely absurd and different, right? When one hormone is off in that whole cycle, then it's like the game of telephone. It never ends exactly how it was supposed to start and it causes problems. And once you disrupt the hormonal cycle at some point, it tends to disrupt everything else. Now, there are some pretty sweet mechanisms that come into play for your body to compensate, but I would always say that compensation is a threat. And whenever we have a threat, again, we go back to that survival mode, which is the conserve mode, the place that most of us want to stay outside of. And so I hope this is a simplistic form to say that there are a lot of triggers to our hormones. And when our hormones get disrupted, we often go back to survival. Just like when our emotions come in as stress, as a threat, our body goes back to that threatened state and it goes back to survival, which is conserve, the place that we want to try and stay away from. So how do you fix this, right? How, how do you know this is happening? Well, I think the, the most important thing is, is to understand that the majority of hormonal issues are probably coming from an unnecessary stress in our body, whether it's a chemical or whether it's an emotion. And I just specifically want to go back to the emotions because I've talked a lot about the chemical aspect of hormones on here and how food is impacting our hormones. I'll make sure and link all that up in the show notes. But for the sake of this mindset series, I just want to remind you that the emotional aspect is real. And I think that we discount it time and time again. And I think we have to start to grasp that the emotional aspect is an equal part of the healing journey, at least emotionally speaking, and it goes beyond nutrition. And it really boils down to the integration of your emotions and healing and the relationship with your body from an emotional point of view, which, like I said, it's just as essential as the food and supplements you take. Like this emotional aspect is a massive part of the healing process. In fact, we could even go back to fertility rates, which is a great sign of the hormonal health of our our body as a whole. And what they're finding is that infertility rates are rising as chronic stress levels rise. And some would just say like, oh, that's a great correlation, right? That the infertility is causing the increase in stress. 
But I think the opposite can be true too. Like our bodies have to be in a rest and digest phase. They have to be able to see beyond the threat. Our body doesn't want to conceive when our body feels threatened or not safe. Like our body wants to be able to know that it can carry this baby to term without having to try to just survive in that period of time. And honestly, all of this is just why I'm becoming a bigger and bigger proponent that we can't change our bodies without changing our emotions and our stress levels because stress throws everything off in the body. I've done hundreds of personal consults, and I will tell you that no matter what I do, you cannot outsmart your body's survival mechanisms. If stress is a problem, you will never succeed with diet and exercise alone. Yeah, keto might work for a while, but it's only for a while before survival kicks in and you gain back that weight and more. I I promise you, I wish it wasn't true because if it weren't true, I could create a next diet plan that would actually work, right? Like I could be another one of those people. But I'm here to tell you the truth, and that is not the truth, that we cannot override stress. There isn't a magic supplement or the perfect diet. Like it's just not out there. And I love this quote from Randall Lewis, author of The Infertility Cure, and they state, people treat fertility as a problem to be rectified, but it needs a deeper pursuit of what's going on internally. We can't be in a fear-based relationship with fertility because fear contradicts reproductive energy. You can't bring life into the world when you're fighting fear. Again, our emotional component to our hormones is a real problem, and it's something that we need to not take lightly. Like, this is work that needs to be done if you want to heal, not just for fertility, right? Maybe you're way beyond that, but to recognize that the emotional baggage that we carry around is having a very real physical aspect on our bodies. Another great book and resource that I'll link up in the show notes that you can maybe read on the subject is Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, and that's by Dr. Christine Northrup. But basically, what I want to do is I want you to connect that our physical symptoms to our emotional and spiritual health. Yes, I get it. People spend years online Googling symptoms and self-diagnosing and kind of living in this frenzied state to determine some kind of nutritional cure for their problems. And and I get countless emails a week looking for the nutritional cure. But I don't think this is always a physical problem. I think for most of us, this is an emotional, mental, spiritual problem. And honestly, I just don't think nutrition is the obstacle because so many people are doing everything right. This is exactly what I found. I was doing everything right, like literally working out. I was eating so healthy and I still lost my health. But you want to know what has healed me more than anything? Yes, I did a lot of physical treatments, which was massive and just getting me through that. But I think the real work, the real healing happened when I started to do the emotional, spiritual work. When I started to dig in and to go there and to do the deep work, to let go and to truly uncover myself. We're going to talk about this this coming week specifically with Amy Van Slambrook, and she's going to like bring it. You're going to want to stay tuned for that so you can get in there. But again, I just I just really am finding that the majority of the help people need is not nutritional work. It's the spiritual and emotional work that I really didn't want to get into. Like, just to be honest, nutrition is easy. This other stuff is not. And I think, though, that This is what's holding people back. This is why it's not working. And if we just make the commitment to do the emotional work, it can change the game. Because like I said, anyone can go online and buy maca powder and 
and start juicing, right? And those aren't bad things. Those are great things and we should be supporting our body in those ways. But it takes an intense vulnerability and openness to make connections between our early experiences and the message we received about ourselves and our current circumstances. Like there's an intense amount of vulnerability and work that needs to be done to start to connect the pieces that this is more than just needing some maca powder or to start juicing. This is an emotional and spiritual problem and one that when we start to deal with, it will change everything. Because what I really believe is that true health is more than the ability to lose weight. True health is the convergence of physical, emotional, and spiritual health to form the whole of who we are. And we have to be ready to embrace it all. I mean, this probably isn't what anyone wanted to hear. Like, you want the top easy tips. And I can give you tips to help your hormones and to help you emotionally speaking. In fact, I'm going to give those over on the blog. I'm going to give you five ways to start reducing, to start dealing with your emotions in an easy, practical way to help give you the space for your body to do the job that it was designed. Like, I think we just got to go back to that statement that our bodies know how to thrive. So often, we think we know better, which only leads our bodies to push it into the survival mode. So for most of us, we're just surviving. Like our bodies are just running in survival mode. But the easy solution is to just open up and give our bodies space to thrive. And that means the right environment, physically speaking, so our nutrition and our exercise, but also emotionally speaking in our relationships and how we live our day-to-day lives. And spiritually speaking, where do you land your hope and your trust in? This stuff matters. Um, And I think once we start to open up to it, we will start to experience healing in a new way. And we'll start to view all of this in a different way. Because there's nothing more frustrating to me, and I assume to you, than the next diet program you know that will come out on January 1st. And half the population will jump on board only to be burnt out and frustrated by June 1st, right? Like this happens all the time. It's easy to grasp the diet changes and the movement and to force ourselves into this, but it's deeper than that. And at the same time, it's more simplistic because more than just doing something, it's really about opening up and letting your body do what it knows how to do. Like there is a simplicity there of slowing down and giving space and rest and time rather than this constantly go, 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 go. But again, it's a change in thought and it's something that we all have to travel through. For for right now, I just want you to stop and I want you to recognize, do you think your emotions are caused by a hormonal problem or do you think your hormonal problem is caused by your emotions? It's two sides of the spectrum and both are causing the other one to be worse. But knowing where you start changes how you need to deal with this problem. Because if you think your hormonal, you just have a hormonal problem that's causing um, your emotions to be out of control, I can help you fix your hormonal problem, right? You can go to the show notes. I'm going to help you do that. But on the other end of the spectrum, if you feel like your emotions or your chronic stress levels are causing your hormonal problem, we can also deal with that too. So I'm going to give you five tips on either side of that spectrum so you can just start. Like this, it's like the debt snowball, right? Start at number one and just keep working yourself down. Of course, these are just ideas. You have to be self-aware to know how your body's going to respond and what you should do. But I think once you get started, you will create more awareness and more openness and you will start to experience those benefits that you've been looking for 
and all the other ways. And you will start to see the value of that. And you can just continue on in that journey. So I'm going to give you five tips on either side of the spectrum. Just know where you start and just start working through those things. But most importantly, I want you to remember health is not simply just a nutrition deficit or adding more supplements or eating more right foods or exercising more. Yes, that's a component, but it's not the full story. We have to remember the whole of who we are and the whole of our being is what makes a difference. And so we have to look at everything that makes us whole and say, what is good and what isn't? What is filling me and what isn't? And what is missing? I saw these four questions the other day that I saw a business using, and I thought it was just great reminder for us to stop and analyze for ourselves. Like this doesn't just relate to a business, but it can relate to us. I want you to ask, what is right? What is wrong? What's confused and what's missing? And I want you to start to dream and brainstorm and kind of create your own plan based on your life, on your life, on what's realistic for your life based on those questions. Okay, my encouragement, do the work. I'm gonna leave you with this quote from Alyssa Vitti of Flow Living, which she has the app I totally recommend if you're trying to get your hormones back in sync. This is clearly a female hormone to track cycles. It's called Flow. The app is just simply Flow. It's got a white background, I think with a purple ring that kind of changes colors. It's fantastic. I believe it's $1.99. Totally worth it. But she writes, from a feminine standpoint, reducing stress is not about fighting it or cutting it out of your life. This is, in fact, a very masculine way of approaching it. Instead, it's about leaning into the neurochemistry of your cycle, of the seasons, and shifting your priorities on the way you engage the world. Again, it just comes back to the self-awareness of where are you in your cycle, where are we in the seasons, and what can you change in your everyday rhythms to be more engaged in the whole of your being. That's what we're going back to. Do you need a little bit more spirituality work? Do you need to spend time in the word every morning? Maybe you're in a season where you need more rest or you're in a season or a phase of your cycle where you can go out there and get after it. I think we have to know based on how we're feeling and the awareness of where we are, what we need to incorporate in our day-to-day life. There's nothing static about this, which can be a whole frustration of its own. It's not just about adding a scoop of adaptogens every single day or taking a magic pill. Like that doesn't exist. And if it did, we would not be having this conversation. But it's really about learning to ebb and flow based on the seasons and just creating this awareness around you and what's right for you. That's what matters most. So I hope this wasn't overwhelming. Remember, go to the show notes where I give you those tips to get started and just to open up your thought that this isn't a nutritional problem for most of us. This is an emotional and spiritual problem and one that we need to do something about. So again, head to the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 173 to get more information on today's show, those five tips on both sides and how to get started Again, I thank you so much for being here. I encourage you. This is not as complicated as we make it. And the daily steps that we need to take are pretty simple. Yes, the emotional work can be deep and it can be hard and uncomfortable, but that's only for a season. And on the other side, there's so much goodness, so much that when you get there, you'll be like, why didn't I do this sooner? I know I'm going through the process still. It's constantly a work in progress, but man, I've seen so much progress and I'm trying to count that as a win to be grateful for the work that I've done and to recognize it as good. Anyways, 
That's it for today's show. Sign up for my email list when you're over there at the One Day Hormonal Reset. Or just jump on board with the Five Day Hormonal Reset. It takes into account the emotional and spiritual work just as much as it does the nutritional work. So check all that out in the show notes at SemperitzWellness.com backslash 173. Also, I'll be back here on Wednesday with the beloved Amy Van Slambrook as we talk about what forgiveness means to your health, how you can forgive yourself because maybe you haven't done that, and also dealing with this inner child that we have going on inside of us. So stay tuned. You're going to want to dive into that show. It's going to be so good, so fantastic. She's going to bring it as always, and I will see you back here then.